listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 22nd of December 2021. Later, we'll take a look at the investment opportunities for 2022 in the share market. But first, let's go to the property market because... While it's been pretty hot this year, there are new signs of a significant cooling as we speak. The team over at Domain says vendors are having to adjust their price expectations, especially in what is known as premium suburbs. So, for example, if you're in Sydney, the area where vendors are having to adjust their initial price expectations the most is on the northern beaches, down by as much as 18.6%. In Melbourne, for example, it's the inner south, 12.5%. The area with the smallest adjustment in price expectations is in the Australian Capital Territory, the ACT, or Canberra, down by about 5.6%. For more, Sarah Conti spoke earlier with Domain's Nicola Powell. What we have seen um, in recent weeks is more sellers are adjusting their asking prices midway through their sales campaign. So that means they're having to lower their price to meet buyer expectation. We have certainly seen the property market end the year in a different position in which it started. I think buyers now are certainly finding they have more negotiation power than they did compared to the beginning of the year. So what kind of areas are seeing this shift the most? When you have a look across Australia, we're seeing the highest proportion of live listings with their asking prices reduced in those premium areas located in Sydney and Melbourne. They really have been concentrated in those areas that have seen extraordinary rates of price growth. We tend to find that the upper end of the market does lead price cycles. So I think it's another sign that we are seeing a slowdown in and a movement into the next stage of the property price cycle. In terms of the areas, some of those areas are northern beaches, city and inner south and the eastern suburbs. You mentioned that it, more listings are coming on to, um, into the market and that's one driver of this. Do you think there are any other drivers? We have seen a high level of new, new listings coming onto the market, which really is one of the drivers of why we're seeing uh, this increase in a reduction in asking price. I think there is this element of fear of overpaying from buyers. I think buyers are now uh, wary of overpaying and they know that there are lots, there has been lots of new listings coming onto the market. So I think they know they can move on to the, the next opportunity. When we have a look at the number of appraisals, there's lots of homeowners getting appraisals and it soaring above this time last year. So what that suggests is into next year, we're likely to see those new listings being strong. I think when you have a look at seller sentiment, I think sellers either, you know, think we're at or near to the price peak. And that's why we're seeing such strong levels of new listings um, towards that in uh, later part of the year. Where do you think prices are going in the new year? We are expecting prices to continue to rise, but they are going to be rising at a much lower pace of growth compared to what we saw over 2021. I think we'll see a varied performance across our capital cities. I think we'll probably see some uh, continued strong performance in some of our smaller cities, such as uh, Canberra. Um, I think, you know, particularly when you look towards Sydney, I think we are seeing there are a number of indicators that are, are showing that steam is coming out of the Sydney housing market. I think buyers have got much greater choice and I think buying opportunities look much brighter in 2022. 
Nicola Powell there from Domain speaking with Sarah Conti. Okay, to the Australian share market now, which did rise today up by 0.1%, the 207,364. Tech stocks led the gains. For more, I spoke earlier with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Ricardo, it really was, and a pretty good lead from the U.S. We could have been excused for expecting a positive day today. The U.S. futures for tonight's trading are a bit weak, and that didn't help. But I think just general concern about things like Omicron, we talk a lot about it, and we will continue to, uh, seems to be keeping the market on edge. And of course, so close to Christmas, trading volumes are getting lighter, and investors not really sure what to make of the news that's coming out. Speaking of Omicron, yesterday we heard from a group called Australian Clinical Labs. Um, it saw a profit upgrade, essentially benefiting from this rush of people um, uh, taking uh, COVID tests as we approach the holidays. How is Omicron exactly impacting the markets and are there any other stocks that are benefiting? This is a really, really good one, mate, because it depends on what people believe on a given day. And that's what I mean about the volatility we've seen. These guys having great results because people are getting tested now. The question for investors is what happens in 12 months, 18 months, two years? Maybe we're still testing at the same rate. Maybe we're testing at one-tenth of the rate and trying to work out what revenue or profit is going to look like in that time period looking forward, as markets are supposed to do, is the really big key challenge. Other clinical mobs are doing well, other pathology labs, that kind of stuff. They're doing particularly well. But then you've got the backwards and forwards trade of the reopening trade. So think about the airlines, travel agents, that kind of stuff. And on the flip side, when the market's feeling depressed, then it goes back to the online retailers and the like who are going to, in theory, benefit from us being shut in our homes for longer. Very, very hard to draw a straight line through any of it. Uh, Rio, one of the big stories today, has made a $1.1 billion lithium buy, but shares are down and on a day where the iron ore price recovered as well. Why? Yeah, I think that the challenge with lithium is it's it's a big, big blue sky potential for a whole lot of companies. But if you're an iron ore miner, you own shares in an iron ore miner, and iron ore is kind of the core of your thesis, you're looking at that and saying, well, where's the money going? Am I going to see value for that sort of money? Frankly, Rio wouldn't be the first uh, iron ore business or mining business in general to lose a small fortune trying to diversify. Maybe it makes a fortune, of course, by the way, but that's the challenge for investors. And if you're used to owning an iron ore miner that's uber profitable and you spend a billion dollars buying a lithium miner that maybe has a bright future or maybe doesn't, adds a whole lot of upside potential, but also downside risk. Finally, looking through to 2022, given the investment story at the moment we've got rising inflation the potential for higher interest rates the unknown of covid today we've got some stats from the national skills commission saying that job vacancies are at a 13 year high so that bodes well for the economy how do you play it that's a fantastic question. And this is the challenge going to 2022 because we've come out of a, almost a decade and a half, if you can believe that, of loosening, of easing rates from central banks right around the world. We move into an inflation world. We move into an interest rate increasing world. And of course, the uncertainty with the Omicron cases and whatever might come next. That's the real challenge. Look, it's a boring answer if you look for something super exciting, but it is the old faithfuls. Go for businesses with pricing power. Go for businesses that are resilient, that have seen and been here before, if not in this particular circumstance, at least in general. These are the companies that are going to do better. It hasn't been a recession for a while in Australia, at least pre-COVID, but if you go back quite a few decades now, it is the businesses that go in strong and come out stronger that tend to typify recovery from tough periods. I'd be going for those sort of businesses. Scott Phillips there from The Motley Fool. Don't forget we are taking a break uh, over the holiday period with this podcast and vodcast. Uh, Tomorrow's the last one and we'll be back at the beginning of February. 
This On The Money stream is provided for informational purposes only. The content in this stream should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It's not personal advice and it doesn't consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 